1: Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
2: Welcome back to Fancy Bites. In today's episode, I'll be discussing the top three hitter values in fantasy baseball with Jeff Erickson. As with any sport in the post-coronavirus era, Jeff and I go over some examples, base our analysis on if this season actually were to occur when we anticipate it is, although we do mention a few instances where maybe baseball ends up delaying it a little bit further, what those implications could be. Without further ado, here's the top three hitter draft values of the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Number three. So what do you have at number three?
1: So my number three undervalued hitter is the White Sox, Edwin Encarnacion, an old favorite of mine. I've had him many years. I'm a Reds fan. I grew up watching him uh, as he's coming up through the system. I was – I I, got to admit, when they traded him for Scott Rowland, I was happy to get Scott Rowland. But after you see what he did with the Blue Jays and then with other teams since Cleveland and and the Yankees and Mariners last year and now hopefully the White Sox this year – I was like, oh, man, we missed out on a really nice career. But, uh, you know, the thing about Edwin Encarnacion is you're not getting in for your defense. You're getting in for one thing, and that's for power. Uh, the last eight years, he's had 30 or more homers with a floor of 32 homers. Uh, he's a guy that you're getting as first base 18, picked number 169 overall in the NFBC across all their drafts with their ADP. Uh, and you're getting it at a position that. Surprisingly, isn't as deep as you might think, Joe. He, you know, first base it, it used to be a deep, a deep, deep position. To the extent that anytime you had a multi-position guy, and he, one of the positions was first base, chances are you were only using him at first base when your other first baseman was hurt or had a bad schedule or something of that nature. Now, your your first option might be first base, which is kind of interesting.
2: Well, yeah, and you bring that up. He's had, I think, what eight straight seasons of over thirty-two homers. I mean, that, yep. that's, that's incredible right there on its own. But I'm curious, and I've I've been an astute follower of Todd Zola now for quite a while, and he's been kind of preaching this year in particular, power can be found throughout all levels of the draft. So is this, I mean, again, we're talking about uh, players that are going to be at least the best value when it comes to hitters overall. Is a guy like Encarnacion, who really gives you power and RBIs, and that's about it, a true value or what makes him that, in your opinion, compared to everyone else? Just the fact that he's a first baseman and there's a shockingly shallow amount of first basemans available?
1: Well, there's consistency within power. Like, sure, you can get Dan Vogelbach later. But, Dan, you know, Edward Encarnacion is not going to lose his job. Dan Vogelbach very easily could. You know, just to pick two, one name uh, out of the hat that's much later. Uh, it's the consistency. It's the floor. It's the stability that you're getting here that you're not get necessarily getting with the other guys later in the draft. Uh, that, that's what you're getting and you're getting, yes, position matters a little bit. It's funny. We, you always just say, you know, if you, uh, if you read Art McGee's how to value players for fantasy baseball, this is a book that was written in the eighties and they used to have a component where you'd add a scarcity bonus, much like you do for catcher. You He'd do it for second baseman and shortstops too. And that's clearly not the case anymore. It's really funny. Shortstop in particular is loaded this year, especially it's top heavy. Where it's not that top heavy with first baseman, so that to me is something that uh, it's it's funny, it's it's an adjustment in my drafting this year. Uh, So that that's I think the difference there. Uh, You you look at some of just look at some of those at the position. Unfortunately, we with Trey Mancini, we don't know when we're going to get him back. So that's one less guy also that's available at the position too. Uh, Other guys below him, I I don't feel as comfortable with, with the playing time situation. Uh, for instance, Michael Chavis has to fight for his playing time this year. CJ Crone is, pro- is probably locked in, but that ballpark hurt like Nick Castellanos last year. What if it hurts him too? Eric Hosmer hasn't hit for power since joining San Diego. You know, Jack Peterson—they tried to trade him at one point. He might be platooning this year. The list goes on. You can kind of see like that's like the demarcation point for stability. After him, you, you, you've really got to, you're really kind of taking some chances at first base.
2: Stability, consistency. It's also worth pointing out: in eight of the past nine seasons, Encarnacion has uh, attempted, or had, 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 in eight of the past nine seasons, Encarnacion has had at least five hundred thirty plate appearances. Last yep. year was the first time where he didn't hit that. So, uh, and he got hurt by hitting, by getting hit by exactly. a pitch too. So, exactly. I mean, so it's still there. It's it's still yeah. all there.
1: Exactly. Now, and he is dealing with a little bit of a hips injury during spring training, or he was, I should say, uh, but. I presume that will be cleared up by the time we get back. I mean, we're in, we're in this great big unknown right now. But I, I like his chances, and I like that White Sox lineup. He's projected to hit fifth in that lineup too, and I think that's one thing that is a, a, another attractive thing. You've got Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, Grandal, Encarnacion, Jimenez, Mazzara, Robert, Luis Robert. I mean, there, there's only one weak spot in the lineup, and that's Louis, Lurie Garcia, and really nobody ho- expects him to hold on to that job too long. I, I think that eventually they're going to bring in the prospect and you know, replace him as well and get get another on-base guy in there, too. So that could make things even better in that White Sox lineup. Uh, and I'm talking about uh, Nick Madrigal as the prospect. I want to make sure I don't call him just the prospect. But a- anyway, this is a deep lineup and a good ballpark to hit, and he's in the smack dab in the middle of it. It's a good place to be. Number two. Hitter value number two for me is Diamondbacks outfielder David Peralta. This is a guy that missed a little bit of the season last year with an injury due to a shoulder injury. Uh, but he was fine in, in spring training before we shut things down. Uh, and the thing I like about him is similar to the White Sox lineup, there's, it's a productive lineup up and down the order. It may not be the best lineup. It's not like the Dodgers. It's not like the Yankees. But as Fred Zinke, our, our colleague on the podcast, likes to say, it's a long lineup. Everyone in the lineup can do some damage. Peralta is probably going to be batting third or fourth in said lineup. That's a great place to be. Uh, he, he's going to get all sorts of counting stats. And the thing about Peralta is he usually gives you a pretty decent batting average every single season. If you look at his six years with the Diamondbacks, he had one down year in terms of batting average. That was in 2016. That was an injury-rack season where he only played 48 games, hit 251 that year. Aside from that, he's hit 275 or better which is well above the average, and usually he's hitting closer to 290. So if you think that that's what his level is going to be this year, I like him. And you look at his price. Again, this is what we're looking for here. ADP in the NFPC, 246. You're getting him roughly in the 17th round of the main event. In, in a 12-teamer, you're getting him in the 20th round. Uh, you know, outfielder number four. Love getting outfield number four David Peralta. He, he, he's one of my favorite values. I, I get him in a lot of leagues so far.
2: Where's the power specifically coming to mind for Peralta? Because we've seen it fluctuate, right? 14 homers in 2017, 30 in 2018, and then 12 this past year. I know he didn't play as many games, but what are you thinking from that angle? Or are you just kind of trying to pile together the stats from that point?
1: Well, I'm looking at the counting stats more than I am the power. But I I think there is 20 to 25 homer power. I got him projected for 22, at at least assuming a full season, which I think – is one of the trickier parts. But then again, it should be linear, right? I mean, if if everybody's playing fewer games, well, it should follow that, you know, well, his is going to be proportional to everybody else's decline. Uh, so, yeah, you, but this is, you know, and the thing is, I like him too because is you can find like low average homer guys later. You can't find the counting stats and a decent average later. One thing he will not bring is uh, stolen bases. Zero last year, four the year before that. Uh, you know, you're not going to get many more than two or three stolen bases out of him. So, so be, be aware of that. So he's basically a three and a half category player.
2: Yeah, it's fair to say when I teased this podcast a week ago, I was not at all anticipating what we were going to see unfold with spring training being canceled and the start of the start of the regular season canceled. And we were talking actually Clay Link and I on the XM Saturday portion of the show. What are these hitters going to do if the season gets delayed even further? Or even some of the pitchers, like who are these guys that you could find? value from or actually come back down to the expectations to me and what you're describing with Peralta it feels like he probably fits that status quo with a lot of other players that even if there is an extended delay even longer than we're anticipating he could really be a benefit especially in these later rounds too with what he's giving with the average and everything else
1: absolutely and to reinforce the point about uh, batting order uh, in in spring training his most frequent place was batting fourth behind the two Martes and Eduardo Escobar Man, that's a good spot to be in.
2: Number 1. Value
1: number 1. You can dig even you have to dig even deeper in the ADP list to find this one here is the Yankees Brett Gardner. Yeah, i have said it. A Yankee player is undervalued and I I think impossible. in the case of, impossible, right? Yeah. They'll do Homer Simpson style there. But it, it, it's true. You know, this is how what would you what would you say if I told you you could get a guy at pick 304 that had 28 homers, 74 RBI, 86 runs and 10 stolen bases last year? That's Gardner. You know, I, I just had Scott Pianowski on the RotoWire uh, Fantasy Baseball podcast. Scott's old friend, colleague, uh, is now at Yahoo Fantasy Sports. He likes to call these guys the Rule of Banya's All Stars, unexciting guys, you know, veterans, not flashy guys, but guys that are going to help you. They're 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 foundation builders. In the case of Gardner, he's almost free. We're talking twentieth round and a fifteen teamer and a twelve teamer. I've seen I've taken him like the thirtieth round before. Uh, it's crazy to me, Joe. I, I think he's going to play a ton. You look at the Yankees outfield. We'll know when baseball resumes. We don't know if uh, how healthy Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton are going to be, but the track record suggests they're not going to be fully healthy. Aaron Hicks is going to miss a good chunk of the season, no matter when we start back up again. So Gardner's going to play. It's Gardner. It's going to be Mike Talkman, and you know Stan will probably DH more often than anything, even when he does come back. Gardner's going to play against every single right-hander and a lot of lefties, too, and he's probably going to be in a good spot in the batting order. This is the guy that gets you, again, counting stats at a super cheap price.
2: Where are you anticipating he fits in this batting order? Because you just listed two or three names, Judge, obviously Stanton, who are going to be near the top of the lineup. So Gardner can't be that high. But you could argue with his speed and his contact that maybe he ends up being not necessarily the number one spot or two, but around that range where you could have a lot of different flexibility in the Yankees' lineup. Well,
1: right now, uh, so you know, one tool that we have on Rotowire is our batting order tool. And you can kind of just see. Uh, one thing we have projected, default versus righties, lefties, interleague. Uh, and then we also list the last seven games. And that, that's I think that's kind of handy to, to look at d- just to dig in a little bit, see where they're using a guy like that. And, you know, of course, in spring training the last seven games are going to be a little less probative, just because let's face it, you know, you got half lineups and the like. But he's always been batting first or second in those lineups. Uh, right now, our default has him at second. Now, when judge, that's also with Judge out, so when Judge comes back, maybe they push him down a little bit. But I, you know, I think he could bat, you know, above. You know, he could be set, he'd be setting the table for the likes of Judge and Torres and and Stanton and Sanchez. I mean, yeah, if he bats at ninth, that, that changes things a little bit. Maybe that's the case against lefties. It's okay if he does that against lefties.
2: He's played in 140 games or more in the past seven seasons. So it's almost astounding to me to see him this low when it comes to his ADP, especially when you have to anticipate, and I guess when people are drafting before, that the season wasn't going to be delayed. But there, there's going to be a bit of an absence or a time, I should say. Judge and Stanton are going to come back at some point and be healthy, but we know there are injury risks when it comes to both those guys. It's crazy to see, and I almost wonder, like, how could he possibly be this low? Like, what's the reason for why he's fallen to this point in the ADP?
1: Uh, I I think he's just old and boring. I mean, he's 36 this season. Uh, that, That's a part of it there. There is the fear of just a cliff drop, right, where a guy just doesn't have it anymore. But, what he did last year suggests that that's not going to be the case. So let's delve in a little bit, like on the Statcast metrics, a little bit here, and you can do that. Uh, and that might be the red flag a little bit. Barrels were low, exit velocity was a little low. The ballpark though kind of compensates for that a little bit. I think that that's one of the things that helps a little bit. The uh, you know if you look at like the the walk walk percentage is sl- kind of turning downward a little bit. You could see this is probably why he drops off. A little bit here uh that you know he doesn't have the greatest stat cast metrics um and again you know he's not he's definitely not a guy that's going to improve off of last season you're going to even get slight regression off of last season but at at pick 300 i'll take that
2: well that does it for us on episode number two of fancy bites i want to give a shout out to jeff erickson for coming onto the podcast and talking about some of his favorite underappreciated hitters as well as the racing pulses for lending their music to the show Episode number three will be arriving shortly, and it'll discuss the biggest winners of the NFL Combine. Thanks for listening.
1: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping